Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. Yeah, Miggy's uh Miggy's doing better. Um uh not hitting or anything yet. Um but I, I know there were some improvements from a symptom standpoint yesterday, but still in treatment mode there. He was out taking ground balls yesterday. Um so feel like the needle's moving a little bit. Um but but nothing imminent as far as getting back out and playing. Um Higgy Higgy had a good day yesterday, did not do baseball activities, but did some gym stuff, did treatment, was asymptomatic. Um, so optimistic that I think he's I think he's scheduled to go next Saturday um, in Sarasota. So that would be the hope, but we'll see where we are these next few days if we're able to ramp up into, you know, hopefully baseball activities a little bit today and then, uh, and then Friday ahead of that. Just to clarify, Aaron, this Saturday or next? Yeah, this Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah. Sweeney Murray, you have the next question. Come on, Aaron. Um, with Jordan Montgomery, he had mentioned how he's in touch with Sabathia and Pettit, and Pettit specifically had told him he should throw his fastball more because he's better than Pettit. Is is throwing his forcing fastball more, can that benefit him, or does his ability to get soft contact rely on not throwing as much or throwing as much as he has in the past well i mean it's it's pitching you know it's you know there's art to it um i i think i think the point with monty is i think going back to even last year but now into this year i just think it's a better more powerful fastball you know he's he's able to pitch you know it's a tick up now it's you know, from a velo standpoint. So he's able to four-seam up. He mixes in the cut fastball a little bit. His two-seamer is still very much in play. So all those things, you know, the better his fastball is and the better he's commanding that, you know, it's going to set up his secondary stuff better, you know, his curveball and his changeup. So they all kind of help each other. Each pitch helps the other. And hopefully, um, you know, as a whole, it, it continues to lead to uh, – a lot of soft contact that he's good at generating. 
does the is the uptick in velocity is that just stronger back from the surgery? Is it mechanical? Yeah, I think I think it's a probably a combination. I I, I think him, you know, being at an age where he's been now these last couple of years coming back from rehabbing an injury, just being in better condition, better physical shape, uh, you know, bigger, stronger, whatever, uh, mechanically probably more efficient. All these things lead to, you know, uh, a, a better overall athlete and a higher performing athlete. Thank you. Yep. Ken Davidoff, please unmute. You have the next question. Yeah. No, you know, I mean, yesterday he walked a couple guys. So, I, you know, I, I with Low, I just want to make sure because his stuff's so good that he's always on the attack. You know, um, and I think one thing that's been really good for him is. <laughs> And, and it's always been a reliable pitch for him, but his changeup, you know, he's been using it a lot. You saw it yesterday. Um, you know, he uses it to both right and left-handers. It's it's the secondary pitch, I think, that he has the most confidence in and, and really can lean on, and that's been a really good pitch for him this spring to go along with his fastball. Um, but, no, as I, I feel like as long as Lowe is on the attack, um, you know, he, he can he's a – dynamic pitcher i mean he's got great stuff and and he has the ability to fill up the strike zone and and that's what we want to continue to encourage whether it's him or, or nelson or some of the other young guys you feel like you just kind of need graduations in your you would like graduations in your bullpen to that higher level but, you know not only for it now volatility of relievers in general no question no question you know we've you know, I I think it was my first spring when Low kind of flashed and kind of jumped on our radar a little bit out of nowhere. You know, he he wasn't expected and you know got his feet wet a little bit. And and he's been a guy that um, you know has had varying degrees of success these last few years. But we feel really good about and and I think you know I think with Low there's the added importance this year coming off of a, the shortened season with starters that we want to make sure we're protecting, you know, the length that he can give you in the pen, uh, you know, to, to sync up with guys on a certain day where, you know, we don't have a full pitch count or whatever. Um, you know, that role becomes really important. Mm-hmm. Pete Caldera, please unmute. Right, with uh, the off day tomorrow, do you manufacture something for Kluber? Keep him on his day uh, tomorrow. Yeah, Kluber will throw here tomorrow, um, so we'll have you know three or four live hitters for him, and um, yeah, he'll go. He'll go on his day tomorrow. Uh, go next to Dan Martin. Dan. the latter like like you know even you know i even talked to jay and 
you know, 40 and these guys, you know, all sort of competing, you know, it, it, it's really less about, oh, he went out and he was three for three today. And this, I mean, are, are, are we seeing, you know, what are these guys historically? What kind of hitters are they? What kind of condition and health are they in? You know, what are they looking like? You know, whether there's a result or not. And I think in Deet's case, you know, he very much looks like the hitter he's been, you know, throughout most of his his career so I feel like physically he's been in a really good spot we've gotten him in a lot of positions like in Jay Bruce's case you know I've wanted to see him at first base just to get those reps and get that ex- continued experience um, so it's more about making evaluations about where these guys are physically and then you know taking all the things into account you know coupled with with what you're seeing to to, to a degree no question but but I would say more about physically where they are in track record. And uh, just on another topic, you've got a pretty good lineup going against the Blue Jays today, and they, they, you know, they threw a pretty good lineup at you the other day. What kind of a threat do you see them as uh, this season in the division? <sighs> I mean, they got a really good-looking team. No, no question about it. We've we've seen uh, you know some of their younger players come of age here these last couple of years. Obviously, bringing in guys like Springer and Simeon, two really good players. Um, so we know they're going to be they're going to be tough, and um, you know look forward to to battling it out with them and and the other teams in the East. But but they definitely look formidable. Mm-hmm. Brendan Cuddy. Brendan, go ahead. Aaron, back on the lines with you for a second. Is he someone that you can go to back to back, considering his injury history and also considering that might try to get more points out? You know, I would think at some point we will. You know, I've been a little reluctant to do that in the past just because. You know, first and foremost, obviously we we value his multi inning capability so um you know and and i do see that role for him especially you know early and and maybe in the first half of the season um but i could definitely see getting to a point where you know he is finding himself in some more high, high leverage shorter stints and if that's the case then i'm sure there'll be a point where you know i'd consider a back to back but you know a lot of his higher leverage situations comes where he's given us a couple innings. So, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, I wouldn't rule it out, but, but his multi-inning is, is one of his big assets. No, um, I, I know what a good player Jay's been throughout his career, and uh, you know I, I think you've heard him talk about it. The biggest thing with him is health. You know, he's he's been, you know, probably a little banged up in different ways over the last couple of years, and feel like he's probably as healthy as he's been in the last couple of years. So we certainly know what he's capable of. Um, I think the biggest thing for me has been to, you know, try and get him a fair amount of first base reps and. You know, just to try and get him a little more, more and more comfortable and natural over there. Feel like he's got natural movements there. Um, you know, but it's 
you know more about the experience part of it now that's that's something that he'll benefit from but um i think he's looked great uh he's he's moving well uh you know looks really good at the plate um um you know i think everything we could hope for uh when we brought him in sweeney murder you have the next question Uh, no, just continuing to treat that muscle strain and um, no, no, no update. Just he's he's getting treatment. Okay. And has any of the guest instructors showed up at all this spring? Have anybody, any of them that are local, are they all? No, no, yeah, they've all been out. That's been one of the bummers of uh, of this camp. I certainly miss miss having a lot of the people that come through here whether it's you know a willow or a stump and gator that's here the whole time or or guys that even you know like a tino or alfonso that pop in for short spurts you know those are you you miss that that's one of the cool things really about any spring training but you know i think especially about yankee spring training the fans really love that it you know has a sense of nostalgia to it what do you and the players get out of having those guys there um, I, I, look, I, I think any th- time you can tap into people that have worlds of experience and, and the people we bring in, um, you know, ha- have everything from managers and coaches to all-star players to Hall of Fame players, um, you know, to have that connection to the past and have that connection to the different generations of this game um you know we're all trying to pass on the game better than we left it and uh to have those people here to you know bounce things off of in in some cases you know so those are some guys that i talk to and get their thoughts on things with the current club and and what's happening in the present but also it's a lot of fun for me i know as somebody that that is very nostalgic and um you know grew up in this game you know to hear their stories and perspectives um is something i miss there's you know it seems to be that because everyone's a little more individualized with headphones and you know heads in their phones that maybe there's less actual baseball conversations sometimes happening inside a clubhouse Mm -hmm. Um, is that one of the things that Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's different. You know, I'd like to think that, um, you know, while it's it looks different than it did 20 and 30 years ago with how guys communicate, um, still at its best um, t- in today's game, I, I still think there's those high-level conversations, uh, camaraderie-building things that that do go on it just looks a little bit different now ken david off please unmute morning aaron with uh with sanchez i mean it looks so good so far and i'm wondering in the past when he has struggled how, how much do you think uh confidence or lack thereof factored into that do you think it was at all spiral and do you think you know when he's been really good mm-hmm. that's been the factor of um <clears throat> good 
question. Um, I think even, you know, at his lowest, um, I do think he's very confident in what he's capable of doing and his ability. That said, I do think there's been moments where, you know, you know, there has been where, and probably at times last year where the press, you know, pressing, you want to do make up for, you know, some of the struggles you've had. And that, that can snowball on you a little bit. Um, I've certainly been there at the plate um, where even though you know what you're capable of, you're still in a funk to where, you know, tension still sets in and, you know, but part of, you know, being a big leaguer and part of being an outstanding player is being able to navigate those because you're, you're, you're going to get hit in the mouth. You're gonna, you're gonna struggle. You're going to have a few days where you're feeling bad. The really good ones find a way to navigate out of that. about how you're going to defend if you're going to sell out and just still move the third baseman. So I do think <clears throat> there's certainly a place for it, uh, especially when you can do it. Something we've encouraged Aaron to do and, and, uh, and obviously something he's capable of doing. It's good to see him already have some success with it <clears throat> in a spring game earlier. Um, so there are times when uh, absolutely I think it's valuable. And, you know, even if you do it a couple times and you're successful – um, it goes a long way in, in you know, kind of changing how they play and, and eventually opening up more of the field. What did you think about that one he had the other day against uh, Pittsburgh? Perfect. Perfect. And now, you know, all of a sudden, you see him do it. You see him do it well. You see him look the part doing it. Um, you know, that that's something that, that will get it, the attention of, of opposing teams, even for, you know, months down the road. Um, but it's definitely something that um, he has in his toolbox, and, and hopefully we'll see a little bit. To circle back on Hicks for a second, you know, in, in, even in the days when you were playing, he probably wouldn't be your prototypical three-hitter. Um, obviously, that's changed now. How has your kind of thinking evolved and changed um, over the past few years with that? Well, as I talked about a couple days ago, like the, the three holes really a spot in the order. You know, and, and in context, you know, with our lineup too, it's really, you know, obviously hitting from the left side, he, he breaks up some of our right-handed hitters. It's a spot in the order that, you know, I value a guy that doesn't put the ball on the ground a lot um, and still gets on base a lot because the three-hole spot more than any spot in the order, you're going to come up with no one on base and you're going to come up more often than not than anyone else with a man on first. So you really value a guy that doesn't put the ball on the ground but still gets on base a lot, um, you know, especially ahead of, like, Stanton and Voigt there. Like, 
you know, so first inning scenarios when, you know, two guys, you know, between DJ, Judge, and Hicks, you know, more often than not, Stanton or Voigt's going to come up with a runner on base in in that situation because you have three guys that really get on at a high clip. So, um, but but your personnel all all factors into it well as well, right, left, you know, where where you see guys, and I think he's a natural in the three spot for us. Yeah, I guess my, my question was more, um, was there a book, was there a conversation with somebody that kind of made you shift from when you were a player and the three was the three hitter was just kind of a, a home run hitter you would think about? Yeah, I mean, when I played, you, you, the three hitter was the best hitter on the team. It was, you know, um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess, I guess it's kind of evolved over the last several years and then, you know, since I've been here over the last three or four years, really, you know, see how you, you know, think more closely and intimately how you put things together and put the lineup together and where certain skill sets uh, match up the best. So I guess it's been something that's kind of evolved steadily over the last 10 years. Um, when, when we talk about Davey Garcia, we bring up Pedro a lot. You know, he loves him. They've got the same physique. I'm curious... When you see Davey on the mound, stay with me here. Do you see Louis Tiant? Do you see anyone else in his delivery? And sort of how do you think that helps him with his maybe stature and sort of um, drive for the plate? I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily look at it as I see those guys. Mentioning Louis Tiant and mentioning Pedro, like I get the comparison. I get the, you know, the stature and, and Louis Tiant who is – you know, had a very unique and deceptive and changed up his delivery a lot. Um, so I don't know. I, I think being around Davey now for over a year, and I, I think the thing I appreciate about him is, you know, his ability to really change speeds, um, a real understanding of changing speeds, having feel of three, three and four pitches because he's got two different breaking balls. Um, and how coachable he's been um you know it and and i don't mean solely from a you know taking instruction and being easy to talk to and share things but being able to take instruction and apply it and make adjustments with it and better his game he's done a really good job at that that's been something that's been um i think pretty special about him and and i think why we've seen him in my view, from this time last year to where he's at now, he's grown exponentially, and I think a lot of it is um, his field of pitch, um, his more consistent of a delivery now, but also his ability to take instruction and, and apply it uh, in short order. You know, we talk about his curveball a lot, but have you seen development in his fastball and the way he plays his curve off of that over the last year then? Yeah, I have. I, you know, I think with his delivery, he's a little more consistent with the command of that, uh, of his fastball. Um, he does a really good job of, you know, a lot of times with any pitcher, but a lot of times with younger pitchers, it's just, you know, throw it as hard as I can. Davey does a real good job of, of you know, taking a little off, adding on when he needs to. But I think he's also done a better job of commanding his fastball, and I think that has a lot to do with him just being in a little better place with his delivery and more consistent with that.
then bringing in Springer and um, you know resigning Robbie Ray, bringing in Simeon. They brought some uh, bats. They got a good lineup. Um, you know, and they brought back some of their pitchers, and uh, you know, obviously got Kirby Yates too. So it's uh, it's uh, it's good that to see uh, you know them going out and spend some money, bring some competition. You know, makes the you know a little bit harder, and it'll be exciting. You know, hopefully we'll get a chance to go up to Toronto and play them there too. And uh, uh, I'm excited, man. Um, they're gonna be a good team. And it'll be a fun test uh, during the season. Thanks, Pete Caldera, please unmute. The other day, uh, Judge was talking about uh, what a natural fit Jay Bruce uh, has been uh, on his club the last month. And just wondering what your impressions of, of having him around have been with your, your conversations with him. Yeah, he's actually uh, been my locker mate. Um, so it's been nice. And, you know, getting to take ground balls with him at first. He's a great guy, intelligent guy. He's got like 350 home runs in the show. It's pretty impressive. Um, you know, obviously. You know, growing up in St. Louis, I got to see him, you know, uh, hit a bunch of dingers against the Cardinals. Uh, he's a really good player, man, and uh, he's fun and obviously brings a lot of versatility with being able to play the outfield and first. And um, overall, good dude, and I'm excited to get to know him. But uh, he's been a great guy, and um, yeah, I think he's got a chance to uh, make the team. Who else has a question for Luke? Sweetie Murdy, go ahead. Please unmute. Hey, good morning, Luke. Um, because of the protocols this year, there aren't any guest instructors in camp. And I'm wondering um, if, what kind of experiences you've had with those guys the last couple of years, whether it's you know, like first base with, with Tino Martinez coming in or just talking about hitting, anything like that. Um, what have you missed about having those, not having those guys here? Yeah, you mentioned Tino. Tino was big for me because he was always at first, and uh, I learned a lot about you know playing position and uh, my feet around the bag, scooping balls, which was great. You know, it's just nice to have those conversations, even in the lunchroom. You know, shooting the shooting stuff with them, and you know, you got Reggie Jackson, Nick Swisher. You know, you can go on down the line. Those guys are just baseball lifers. Love to be around the game. Just good people and. Um, you know, it stinks. And, you know, you wish you could have them back and have them here every, all the time and just have their company, bring back stories and uh, good times. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And uh, hopefully, you know, next time around or even during the season, we see, you know, like Andy Pennitz and CeCe and all those guys around the stadium because uh, those guys, uh, it's fun and brighten up your day when you guys see, see those guys. People talk so much about how much the game has changed, but do you get things out of those conversations that – help you play the game better? Um, yes and no. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can get on a personal level and maybe you sit down and have a 20-30 minute conversation about baseball and sometimes it could be about, you know, something going on in your life or, you know, maybe certain treatments that, you know, work for that guy or, I don't know. It can be a lot of things that can go into baseball but can also go into, you know, the, the mental side or the physical side of it too. So, um, it's just... I, it's just nice to have that there, and I think that's what's great about the leadership we have in the locker room is we bring back guys like Guardy and um, that they're similar to that and similar similar character to uh, just make you overall better people and a better player.
Welcome, folks, once again this week to the Rich Court Yanks podcast. We talk about everything in the world of the greatest professional sports franchise in the history of forever, the New York Yankees. Uh, we're about three weeks into spring training, three and a half weeks, about a little more than a week, a little bit of week and change left to go until we hit the regular season. And as we continue our trend this season of the show, we're knocking on wood. No injuries to report this week. Everybody is okay. A uh, few guys sore. I know Higgy was a little bit sore. Gio still working back from his injury. So a couple of guys sore, but nothing major or catastrophic this week in the world of Yankee lands as far as injuries are concerned. That being said, um, you heard a lot there from Aaron Boone. I'm going to try to give you the majority of his clips from his pressers every day after spring games, uh, kind of where he fills you in big picture with everything that's going on with our roster moves, injuries stuff like that anything that you'd want to hear or I'd want to hear um, you'd get from those pressers you also hear there from Luke Voigt a little bit about uh, Jay Bruce and a little bit about the infield uh, I put that on there because we're going to uh, cover the Yankees infield in today's show so we'll talk about that as well so I gave you a little bit of his thoughts on Jay Bruce and the infield situation there we'll talk about that um, later on in the show but all quiet here in Yankee land as far as we can say uh, got actually a game on TV today I don't know what's going on with um, Major League Baseball and with broadcasting these games. Uh, there's no, seems to be no rhyme or reason to what games are on, what games aren't on, who's broadcasting, who's not. Now, I know these networks are just getting themselves together. They're getting their, it's their spring training as well. Um, it's not the first time they've done this. This is not uh, reinventing the wheel. If you're not going to do a radio broadcast or you're not going to do a television broadcast for a game that the outcome means absolutely nothing to anyway, for diehard baseball fans like myself who are you know, paying money for the package to watch all the games to make sure we get them, I'm not really sure why you couldn't just put a stationary camera above home plate or on top of the actual you know, the spring training facility and just broadcast one big picture so that you could actually watch the game with nothing. I'd watch that. I'd sit there and I would, I would actually enjoy it. I might have it on the background, but I'd pay attention to it. I don't need commentators. Yankees have 27 commentators. I, I don't even know how many guys broadcast games for the Yankees anymore. If you don't want to send one of these 27 guys down there to do the game, because I don't know if it costs money. Uh, the ratings are probably awful. They're doing a bunch of niche stuff this year with, you know, putting Sterling and Kay together, having uh, Michael Kay's radio partners on there, doing anything they can. Celebrities stopping by to try to increase the ratings. I get that. I understand it's not a, a huge deal and maybe it's a money-making issue that it's costing them money. But honestly, I just don't understand. I never understood this. You see highlights of spring games and it's a wild camera behind the screen uh, that's giving you the camera footage obviously it's not major league production quality I'm okay with that I understand that I'm not taking the game very serious anyway I want to see some of the kids I want to see um, make sure nobody gets hurt and I want to basically just you know analyze stuff so put a stationary one camera on top I don't care if I get all the angles I don't care if I get the graphics put it on there leave it and let me listen to the PA and let me just listen to the sounds of the game I don't you don't even got to give me a score ticker I'll figure it out it's not a problem but Anyway, that's my vent on not being able to see most of the games this week. So I relied on highlights, with the exception of today, uh, the Blue Jays game. Recording this on Sunday was actually on television. And it's funny because, you know, when you get these these alternate feeds, you know, I was listening to the uh, Toronto TV broadcast. And uh, it's funny when you hear opposing teams who are actually homers for their team. But, you know, they give you their breakdown of the Yankees. And, you know, you just get that feeling. The, you know, the Toronto guys are excited about their team. Still got a young team. I think they overachieved last year. But, you know, they, they keep yelling out these names of the Yankees rosters. And you can hear the animosity in their voices when, you know, Cole's on the mound. And just one guy after another comes up. 
and uh, the, the the underlying hatred and anger towards what the Yankees do as far as signing all these big players. I think it's funny, but it is what it is. Some are worse than others. You know, there's some broadcasts that you can turn it on, you can hear, you know, instantly. I, I can do that with the radio broadcast for John Sterling. So I, I, I can pop on a game in the middle, you know, an inning. And usually within 30 seconds, even if I don't hear a score, by the tone of John's voice, I can tell whether the Yankees are up or not just by the way he calls the game. And I guess that's okay. And we can get into uh, broadcasters later on in the season when we have a lull because I do have some thoughts on that, some pretty uh, passionate thoughts on the Yankee broadcasters in general. But that being said, um, we're going to get into the base of the show right now. And again, we're going to cover the Yankees infield today, kind of break that down and my thoughts on that. And it involves some roster moves that happened as well this week. Um, We'll talk about that as well. So let's get into it. The Yankees infield. Alright gang, so this week we're going to break down the Yankees infield um, and to go along with that we do have some roster news, some questions that I kind of asked uh, at the end of last week's show about uh, the roster positions and you know, it's really the only drama this year is the fighting for and we'll talk about it. You got Mike Tockman, Tyler Wade, Jay Bruce, Derek Dietrich, um, you know, all fighting for, you know, essentially one spot or two spots on this Yankee roster. And um, Yankees made some news this week by doing something that they haven't done and something they didn't really announce by having a Gio Urshela play a game at short. Um, now, kind of caught everybody by surprise, but I mean, it makes sense. I kind of always figured that, you know, he has the defensive chops to do it. Why not try it? What has it got to cost you in an emergency situation? It would be nice to have somebody that could slide over. Um, it boils down to this with the Yankees infield as far as the roster moves, and we'll get to that in a second because they did make one that kind of solved one of the roster moves. Um, but the Yankees have only one guy that can play shortstop in the backup position. That's Tyler Wade. What do you get with Tyler Wade? You get a guy who's fast. You get a guy who can play defense but doesn't really have a bat. So out of the three things that you want from a ball player, offense, defense, and speed, he's got two out of the three missing one now. The bench players have always traditionally been you've had a couple guys on the bench. You've had a bat on the bench, a guy, a big bopper that can come in and hit the ball out of the ballpark. And you've had one or two guys traditionally that were speed guys and defensive replacements. So not to say that that position doesn't exist in today's Major League Baseball. And not to say that the Yankees don't have enough offense to carry a defensive player, you know, to carry a defensive minded guy. Um, I think they do. Not the question, but why not upgrade if you can? And if you have a guy in camp or you have a guy available to you on the roster that can do that for you, um, why not? Uh, Miguel Andujar, the other guy I left out of that kind of roster change. So uh, long story short, uh, the Yankees sent uh, Mike Ford down to the minor league camp today, uh, kind of answering that question. And pretty much as far as I'm concerned, confirming the fact that Jay Bruce is going to make this roster as the backup first baseman. Um wouldn't back up outfielder. I would say that, you know, DJ LeMahieu was still the primary defensive replacement at first base. But, you know, if he's playing second, slides over to first, you, you need a guy. You don't want to take DJ's bat out of the lineup, and you don't really have a backup second baseman, again, besides Tyler Wade. Um, that being said, uh, Derek Dietrich is the other guy that's the long shot, I think, to make the team. Um, and the other person that I would say is the super long shot is Miguel Andujar. Um, although I'd love to see Andujar get on the team. I've said this again and again and again. I think he's like a Clint Frazier type. I think if given the chance and given another full season, he would just offensively explode. 
Defensively, he's still, yes, definitely below average at third base, um, below average in the outfield, but I don't know. Uh, I, I'm of the school that until it starts costing you games, maybe you don't need to address it. But, I mean, honestly, if you had to ask me right now, Andujar is probably going to get sent down with Ford. Um, and the long shot to make this team would be Derek Dietrich. I don't think he's going to make the team. I think the Yanks are going to stick with Tyler Wade, um, and he will be the primary backup at shortstop um, and second base. Uh, Jay Bruce will be your backup, uh, your backup first baseman, and DJ would be your backup third baseman as well. So there's your backups. Uh, Tyler Reed will continue to be bench runner. Um, as far as other backup positions on the bench, I think Mike Talkman will eventually get sent down. I think he will get moved because I think somebody will pick him up. Um, I think that backup spot will be Brett Gardner. So you have Brett Gardner as your first outfielder off the bench. And then you'll have Jay Bruce as your second outfielder. They've been playing Brett Gardner in right field. They played Clint Frazier in right field today, so he can play both corner spots. Brett Gardner can play center for Hicks. That gives you more than enough flexibility. Talkman would really be overkill. Um, unless they're – for some reason they love Talkman, but unless you're saying that Jay Bruce is primarily just your backup first baseman and Talkman's going to be you know, behind Gardner as the backup, backup outfielder. Um, you know, it's tough. The Yankees are hamstrung. We've talked about this before because of the need for a DH with Giancarlo Stanton, um, who's primarily going to be your everyday DH, and a bunch of other guys that they need to get blows as far as they keep the bat in the lineup, like maybe an Aaron Judge playing DH one day or a Hicks playing a DH one day and letting Gardner play left. They've got guys that could benefit from those days off or half days off at the DH spot. But... Needless to say, that's what we're going with the roster. The only official move that they've made right now is they've sent Ford down right now. Derek Dietrich is still an option. Um, Jay Bruce is obviously still an option. Miguel Andohar is still an option. Talkman is still an option. Wade is still an option. We will see what happens here in a very in about a week because uh, roster moves will have to be made. But uh, as far as breaking down the infield, if you had to grade our infield, the infield is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Gio at third is a wizard. Defensively, he is... Uh, probably, I would say, top three or four in all of Major League Baseball defensively. And anything you got from him offensively in the past was a bonus. That was his big problem coming up through the system and the other teams that he played for was he didn't have a bat. Well, yeah, we, he proved that he's got a bat and he can hit. He proved me wrong. Um, I really believe that you'd see Miguel Endohor get some more reps at third last year, but you know, Gio does not seem to be stop hitting. He's he's hitting the ball plenty. His offensive capacity is actually more than average, and is he's just a defensive wizard. And if he can play short too, uh, even somewhat better, it'll it'll sort of save them in a pinch. Where if they can slide him over, it would be fantastic. So third base, third base stud. Uh, you get the shortstop. You got Glaber. Look, no one's going to argue about his bat. His bat is phenomenal. Um, his defense last year was less than phenomenal. Um, some bad plays this spring. He's, he's made a few errors, uh, a few routine mistakes. Um, we'll see. I mean, his unfortunately, you know, I know there's talk about moving him to second base and, you know, moving uh, DJ to first and maybe signing DD Glorious back. Look, the guy can play short. He's done it his whole career. He'll be okay. Um, no one's going to be Derek Jeter. Although DD did a pretty good Derek Jeter impression the years afterwards, but he's not going to be that kind of defensive specialist, but he'll make the plays he needs to make every once in a while. He'll boot one. Uh, it's going to be what it is. Uh, if this team can't survive those kind of mistakes, then it is what it is. They're going to lose. Um, but he's more than serviceable defensively at short. His bat has all the potential in the world. And I think he's due for another monster year. This lineup is absolutely insane. And if you can get the kind of production that you think you're going to get at him out of the shortstop hole, 
It's crazy. Go around the infield to second base and DJ LeMay. What 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 do I gotta say? Um, the guy is absolutely positively, without doubt, either the first or one A best overall ball player on our team, maybe behind Garrett Cole. Um, he's right there. The guy hits. The guy's a gamer. The guy defensively is a wizard. Can play all over the infield. Um, I bet he could catch if you needed him to. The guy's awesome, um, and I'm I'm so thrilled he's going to be here for the next you know five years plus. Um, just slapping the ball all over the outfield. And, and the guy's just a monster. He does everything right. His jersey's always dirty. His hair's always a mess. He's just an old scrappy player. And boy, do we need one of those with all of our boppers in the lineup. So um, going to first base. Now, here, here's a wild card to me. Um, Voight has exceeded all expectations at first base. Let's be honest. Uh, last year in the shortened season, the home run leader. Uh, it's two solid offensive years production-wise, and he makes all the plays defensively, too. Uh, he's not a wizard at first base, but nothing gets by him. He's not costing the Yankees any games. And if he can continue to hit the way he's hitting, uh, boy, is that a steal. And what a great deal Cashman pulled off getting this guy from the Cardinals. So, uh, you know, I would say my primary backup for the infield would be, as of right now, opening day, if I had to guess, it will be Jay Bruce and it would be Tyler Wade. Um, Jay Bruce, you get lots of pop. You get a guy kind of very similar to Voight, stationary target there at first base, going to make the basic plays. Um, anything you get to the outfield is going to be um, a plus. But as far as his, you know, bat, the guy's, the guy's a plus bat as a backup first baseman. And we already talked about Tyler Wade. I think you're going to get speed. You're going to get a gamer. He's going to be defensively great, but you're really not going to get any offense from him. So Yankees infield, I think, looks good. Um, I'll take it for sure. I'll definitely take the offensive production. Out of that, I would say probably the best offensive production out of any infield in Major League Baseball, National, or American League. Um, not necessarily the greatest defensively in the league, but definitely I'd say in the top half. So I'll take it. Yankees infield looking good going into this season. All right. Thanks again, guys, for supporting the show. I appreciate all the feedback we're getting as we answer your questions today in the mailbag. And a question today comes from Eric H. Um, says, um, thanks for taking my question. Do I think that Thyro Estrada will make the opening day roster or what kind of contribution do you think he'll make in the upcoming season? I love his defensive ability and I think he has lots of promise and is a good young star. Uh, thanks for your question. I appreciate it, Eric. Um, and again, if you guys have questions for us at the show, all the social media accounts, Rich Corey Yanks on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, and richcoryanks at gmail.com. Please feel free to send us in stuff. Um, I appreciate it. I do look at all, even though I only pick one question a week. Erica, to answer your question short and sweet, no, I don't think Tyro Estrada is going to make the opening day roster barring uh, an injury of some sort, or maybe even two injuries, to be honest, which I think he might be two uh, spots down, the maybe three spots down the uh, line as far as making the actual roster. Um, we just... In the previous segment, talked a little bit about what I think the roster is going to look like. I think Tyler Wade gets that spot, um, barring any catastrophic changes or anything like that. Um, 
I think he'll be the backup shortstop for sure. And I think uh, Jay Bruce will be your backup first baseman with DJ having the ability to slide around to those other spots. Um, seems like a good defensive player. Um, he seems to suffer a lot from the Tyler Wade issue as far as he's not quite as fast as Tyler Wade, but he's great defensively, but doesn't really have the pop that you'd be looking for in um, an everyday ball player. It seems always seemed to me as a good, you know, Miami Marlin player, somebody like that where he could survive, where they don't need to have, you know, the top quality person at every single position and uh he's not as young as you think he's been around for a few years now so um i think a solid year i think i, I would first see him as a starting shortstop for the or third baseman for the uh scranton team triple eight rail raiders um that's gonna do it for this week's show again i thank you for listening and checking it out and um listening every week we're getting pretty consistent numbers so i do appreciate it. i know there's eight million yankee shows and things that you can listen to so i appreciate you checking us out every week um next week we're going to talk about the yankees um uh, pitching and bullpen we're going to do one show as we break both of those pitches down as it'll be kind of the last preview week before we actually start the season so we'll talk about pitching 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 next week um i did get a tweet here saying that when i was covering the infielders talking about Astrid, i left out the catching position only because we did talk about that so extensively with the gary sanchez stuff a couple episodes ago but with uh with robinson getting hurt as the potential maybe fighting for the backup spot with Higgy. I think that's pretty a done deal. Aaron Boone did say today, actually, um, maybe I should have led with this, that uh, he foresees Garrett Cole uh, pitching to Gary Sanchez opening day, not Higashiosha, who pitched, who uh, went out there with him today, strictly because he was uh, hurt. He was dinged up a little bit and they wanted to get him some reps. So it looks like they're all full speed ahead with Gary Sanchez. And uh, Higgy will be your one, too. So there really wasn't much to discuss there. So that's why I kind of left it out of our infield preview. No real real juice or gossip there. So once again, guys, I appreciate you checking out the show. We're going to drop it every uh, Sunday night, later on Monday morning, depending on when your service, however you get it, um, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Um, so look for it Monday mornings uh, during the regular season. And we'll get into a little bit more format as uh, we talk about the actual results port portion when we have actual real games to talk about so thanks a lot guys we'll talk to you next week well he really hit the shit out of that one didn't he <laughs> he it like an egg. yeah and he scrambled the son of a bitch look at that he hit the fucking bull gotta get some free steak <laughs> You having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. God, sucker teed off in there like he knew I was going to throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him.